Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Coast-to-coast hockey coverage continuing here on Sabres Live this week. Joined by Marty Baran, I'm Brian Duff, and it is a unique situation we find ourselves in today, Marty. Something life-changing or at least uh, something never experienced before. Life-changing is a really good way to put it. Life-changing. So this morning I had an early appointment at Belgren's Auto on Eggert Road, right? Getting new tires. My tires were worn out and Plowmaster 43 needs new tires for the winter session to be able to plow. Were the tires like this? They, They actually duffer. They were like, it was like Nathan Page saw my tires when we pulled up at the airport at the draft and he goes, Marty, you got to get new wheels. And I like, yeah, I know I'm getting working on it. It's going to be later this summer. But anyway, so Belgren's auto took care of me. It was fantastic. I walk in and Don is the guy that I've been talking to a great guy, like works uh, on the variety, uh, Club Teleton and knows the Goo Goo Dolls and knows so many people. It's, he's been around a long time. He's awesome. He looks up to me and he goes, man, you're a lot shorter than I thought you were going to be. <laughs> and I started, that was the first thing he said to me, man, you're a lot shorter than I thought you were going to be. And so I started laughing, obviously, there's a Sabres Live you know, listener that yeah. has l- learned the way to introduce himself because of you, Duffer. This has never happened. It's the first time, Don. You're the first to ever say I look shorter in real t- in real life than they thought I was. Well, you definitely look younger now. Uh, that may have been up for debate a few years ago, but I don't think there's any question now. So you've got that going for you as well. And honestly, this is this is you had us wondering, like, you know, what had happened this morning. I didn't. I'm glad you've put safety first and foremost here for uh, Plowmaster 43. You got to you, you need good traction for the coming season. And, you know, we've been diving in here on the show. And Shanna Goldman's going to join us, by the way. Um, yes. Bottom of the hour here on our Friday staple. Um, we've been diving in with players of the day. As we get closer to training camp, season opener, or preseason, everything, you name it. Um, and we've talked about a couple of, of players so far this week in Paterka and Samuelson. That yes. obviously, like so many, you know, that there's this really, really, really large core of under 25 players that have yet to define themselves. And that's not a fault. It's just where they're at in their time frame in their career. 
And we thought Peyton Krebs would be a really interesting guy to dive into mm. today because I, I don't know how many times people have been doing this throughout the summer, you know, building your depth mm. charts for the Sabres. What do your lines look like? Who's going to take the spot vacated by Quinn? Is it going to be someone who wasn't on the team last year? Or is it going to be someone that Don Granado knows well, but wants to elevate and give great opportunity to? And I have to assume that no matter what situation we're talking about, but primarily five on five and penalty kill, Peyton Krebs has to be looking at this season as, well, perhaps unexpected, obviously, because of the Quinn injury, but a major, major opportunity at this stage of his career. Yeah, there is a major, major opportunity, but I almost feel that when you're in the NHL a couple of years now, going into year three, and then, I mean, year three, four, five, that if you have missed your opportunity, there's somebody else that is in year one that is going to jump ahead of you, that is going to get that opportunity. And Peyton Krebs is not yet at year four and five, but right. in year three, is he penciled in as a guy that could always move up, like with a green circle around saying there's still more upside? Or is it penciled in in a red binder like I have here on MSG and saying, no, this is a guy that is at his spot right now or may regress a little bit, uh, you know, just because of the needs on the team. So I, I find that Peyton Krebs is at that crossroad right now. And really, it may not even be on Peyton Krebs. It may actually be actually be on what everybody else around him does and how the, the coaching staff and Kevin Adams and the hockey department see the direction they want to go. So, yeah, obviously with the Jack Wynn injury, there is a spot open. But I don't see Peyton Krebs being a right winger in the top six. But does that mean that somebody from the bottom six gets elevated to that spot and all of a sudden Peyton Krebs finds himself in a third line role, as opposed to a fourth line role. There is Correct. still that opportunity. Peyton Krebs is not, well, he'll replace Jack Quinn. I think there's a lot of other candidates, but that could also open the door for Krebs to move up. Or maybe you feel more comfortable. You say, no, Krebs is in a fourth line center spot. That's his best location. And we're going to utilize him that way, which then he gets labeled that and will probably be that for a long period of time. It's amazing, isn't it? The number of topics we've discussed this summer and amidst them, the center ice position and almost the flirting nature of the conversations. Like, do they dare play Tage out of the middle? And then, you know, how does that affect Casey Middlestat? And on and on and on it goes. And I think the same is true for the bottom six. When you talk about, okay, well, is middle status center in the bottom six? Is Jost going to be, now that he's, you know, re-signed, is he, is he going to be able to fight for higher ice time? Or yeah. if Krebs moves up, is it automatic that Jost would become fourth line center? So these are all, again, to be played out in training camp, which mm -hmm. is less than two weeks away. I mean, we're, we're flat out one week away right now from the Prospects Challenge at Lecom Harbor Center. But what we did experience just a couple of weeks ago at the Sabres Alumni Tournament was a sit-down opportunity with the junior coach of Peyton Krebs and former Sabre himself, James Patrick. Peyton was really important in my coaching career as a junior player because as a 16-year-old kid, he was extremely driven, um, would do anything to get better, um, was one of those kids who was a you know great player at 10, 11, 12, 13 
Um, he probably held on to the puck way too much because he wanted to do it all himself. And that was probably my challenge as a coach with him to, to use his teammates more to, um, you know, to give and go. And, and, and I mean, yes, he was, he became our leader. He became our, our alpha male. He drove the bus on our team, you know, by the time he was 17, 18 years old, but he pushed everyone else to get better and, and it helped develop our culture. And then, you know, uh, you know, when Peyton was uh, 18, Matt Savoy came in as, as a as a young player, and you know, I think uh, Matt Matt and and then you know Zach Zach actually roomed as a 15 year old with Peyton. Um, we put them together. Uh, we played out of a bubble. That was the year of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, all three of them have some similar characteristics. They're all different players. Um, you know, I think in the NHL, I think Peyton is getting his his feet under him he's he's established himself as an nhl player he still has dreams and and wants to be a top six forward and i don't know if that'll happen because the nhl puts you in your place mm. um and we all i mean i i tell the story to my young players that Guy carboneau was the the best player in the quebec junior league he won the scoring race by a mile and yet when he got to the NHL, he had to find a way to... He played in the minors, then he got to the NHL. Yep. He became the best defensive forward because that's where the NHL put, put him in his place, and, mm-hmm. and that's how he had to succeed. So I, I know Peyton is driven, and he's competitive, and he'll do anything to, to help the team win. Uh, you know, I think he's got to become a, a, a good penalty killer. A good, I think he's got great energy. He, you know, he, count, he brings energy every day. And he might, he's not going to be a top six forward. He might not... But there's still a, a, a leadership role, a, a work ethic role that he can influence the team. Mm-hmm. What an answer from James yep. Patrick. <clears throat> and how lucky are we to have had James be able to help us understand not one, not two, but three significant young pieces yes. in this makeup of the Sabres now and in the future in Matt Savoy, Zach Benson, and of course, Peyton Krebs. The second he uttered those words that the NHL can put you in your place, mm-hmm. we were both like, ooh, this is, this is that's really... A quote, that's a quote to this use. Is, this is a quote that now is going to be, for us, attached to Peyton Krebs moving forward because there's nothing wrong with the NHL defining your role. Now the question is, how much can Krebs embrace it? What do you think that role should be? And oh, by the way, let me add this little bit. Peyton Krebs still has not emerged, and this may be phrased the wrong way, but he's not yet a top four penalty killer among the forward group on this team. Now, that's by choice from the coaching staff. He has been third pair among yep. forwards, but guess who's not in the top four right now? Jack Quinn. As mm-hmm. the season wore on there, your top four guys were Tuck. Gergensen's cousins Mm -hmm. and Quinn with third pair minutes on the PK going to Krebs. So for all the talk of how does Buffalo and who on Buffalo steps up to fill the Quinn absence, this is a specific area that is open, presumably based on average shorthanded time on ice last year for Peyton Krebs to step up into. So again, going back to James Patrick's and the NHL puts you in your place is that you may have all the talent and all the desire and the work ethic, but 
at times, if you're a goalie and you're buying a Marty Brodeur, like you're not going to, or Dominic Kashuk, you're not going to get there, right? And you may right. need to find a different role, a different path. Players are the same thing, depending on what the roster is constructed in front of you and what kind of opportunities you get. And I think with Peyton Krebs, the last two years allowed us to see what the NHL is doing with Peyton Krebs. He comes from Vegas, goes to Rochester, comes up to Buffalo, whatnot, plays 48 games two years ago, has seven goals, 15 assists, right? 22 points. You're thinking, hey, 22 points in 48 games. Maybe that's a 40-point season for Peyton Krebs over an 82-game season. Maybe that's 15 to 20 goals. Um, and then last season, in a full season of 74 games, it's nine goals, 17 assists for 26 points. So the numbers were not much different over 74 games than they were over 48 games, right? But the NHL decided to send Peyton Krebs on a certain path, on a certain direction of what they thought he was going to be. Mm -hmm. Guy Carboneau. James Patrick talked about it him and, and made such a strong point. Guy Carboneau, 72 goals in 72 games in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. In the American League, is full two full seasons, he had 35 and 27 goals. And then after that, in 18 NHL seasons, he went over 20 goals five times. Actually, four times over 20 goals and one time right on 20. He wasn't going to be this 20, 25 goal scorer. He was going to be at 12 to 18 and play a massive role defensively. So could that be embraced by Peyton Krebs? I think that's the question more than could he do it? Because I think he can do it, but you have to embrace it as a player and say, that is what I'm going to be. You look around and you say, well, Tate Thompson broke out and, you know, at 30 some goals and then 40 some goals. And you're thinking anybody can break out at any given time. Mm -hmm. Yes. But when the doors start to close, are you willing to embrace it and change for the better of your club and probably for the better of your career? And that's where Peyton Krebs is right now. And I mean, the numbers, I just give you the basic numbers, the goals assists, right? But his ice time went down, went down by almost a minute last year from where it was the year before. So again, this is a, well, he dropped down in the lineup. Right. And, but that's a good thing in the sense of that means there was more talent on the roster. Yes. More capable offensive talent. And it was spread out. Like, I think people would be surprised sometimes if they look at the, the, the hard numbers on Cousins, Quinn, Paterka and their five on five time. Like it wasn't, they weren't playing a huge amount of minutes. You know, it was very spread out through this entire group and and Krebs finds himself in that opportunity so quickly back to the PK do you see oh. him as the guy taking that spot yes the, I see the, him as the, the guy taking that spot and actually if Don Granado could trust Peyton Krebs to be even more of a a, a I don't want to, I don't think Peyton Krebs will ever be a power kill type of guy, but if you have two different units, instead of having the first unit on the PK and the second unit, you use them as your, your defensive unit and your power kill unit, whatever mm -hmm. Alex Tuck and maybe Tage Thompson or whoever is on, that's a power kill unit. That's a unit that can go and score. But whenever Peyton Krebs is on the ice, I believe that it's your defensive unit as we're going to suffocate maybe the, the top unit on the other side. So that's the game that Don Granado has to play now. I really feel that Gergensons and Krebs 
could be that top unit, that top defensive penalty kill unit. Mm-hmm. Um, you you did some penalty kill digging. I did a little bit of it. But last year, on the penalty kill, if you look at the expected goals against, okay, mm-hmm. the top guy, like, okay, maybe you have J.J. Peterka, but he played five minutes of penalty okay. kill last season, so it doesn't count. The sample is too, it's too small. But the top two guys, when you look at expected goals against, what mm-hmm. amount of quality chances you've given up against were Krebs and Quinn. Then it yep. was Caloposo, then it was Thompson, and then it was Gergensons. So yep. Krebs is the guy that when, and with the amount of minutes that he played on the penalty kill, which is still substantial, there's enough mm-hmm. of a sample size, he was your best defensive penalty killer forwards on the team. Yeah. Like that's a role that could be really embraced by Peyton Krebs saying, you know what? When I see the first unit jump over the board on the other side, I'm going, I'm going because I'm the one that's going to be killing the 45 seconds a minute that need to be against that unit. Just based on the, um, the, the real numbers, meaning the actual goals scored, not expected or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. You look at the minutes that Krebs was on the ice on the penalty kill and the actual goals against compared to most others on the team, he was, he was in a really, really, really good place. And so when you just trotted out the expected goals against, I wasn't surprised to hear that at all, but I'm as fascinated by the fact that him and Quinn, because now we're talking about one replacing the other, at least in the short term. So that could prove to be beneficial in that, you know, you, you might have a similar type of player, you already talked about Quinn earlier in the week and the fact that he, you know, had these incredibly impressive defensive zone numbers as far as being able to get the puck out. So um, that can help in the penalty kill. So it's nice to hear that, you know, these things are all kind of lining up to paint a, a, an accurate picture of a guy. Um, and and Krebs hopes to be like Quinn in that regard, well, someone that can be trusted to get the puck out of the zone. So, But Jeff, I, Jeff on, on social media on Twitter says... You know what? He is much better, a much better playmaker than he gets credit for. So Jeff yes. wants to see Krebs on the power play on the half wall. I'm going to tell you this. Like, if I have to say, okay, I have a role for Peyton Krebs and I have a role for Jack Quinn. Mm-hmm. And right now, I think Krebs is more, let's put you in the penalty killer role and go this way. And if you have to pick a role for Jack Quinn, that would be more on the power play side. Although Jack Quinn can kill, but... Yeah. The talent that Jack Quinn has, the shot that Jack Quinn has, that's I want that on the power play. And if you have to spread minutes around a little bit more and define roles for players, I think you have Krebs on the PK, Quinn on the power play, because Krebs has shown that he can fill in where Jack Quinn was last season. Yeah. I mean, Quinn, like Tuck, is going to be an all situations player. Yeah. I just don't see I just don't see that changing. And especially with uh, obviously the usage already in his first full NHL season. Um, the trust from the coach on Quinn is is large. It's just not going to be there for the first, you know, who knows, maybe half the season. But um, as far as Krebs is concerned, I think um, now the question becomes who best to play with? Because last year it was, for the majority, you could say, Opozo and Gergensens. But he did dabble with a lot a lot of other players. So um, do you think he'll break away? uh, Or do you think a big reason why 21 and 28 are back for this coming season is because the coach really liked what he saw in the three of them together? 
I think Don Granado and Kevin Adams and the whole hockey department really like what they saw in Krebs between Gergensons and Oposo. The numbers suggest that. On the Sabres, expected goals against at 5-on-5, five five, the best two forwards per 60 minutes were Gergensons and Peyton Krebs. They gave up the least amount of chances. Now, I understand. If you play fourth line against fourth line, or if you play them in the defensive role, they're not going to take chances. They're going to take time and space away. So maybe the numbers are the result of their role and the opposition that they are playing against. But I would almost look at, you know, first line, second line, third line, fourth line. I think our the top six is your offensive guys and your bottom six are, okay, what can you do? What kind of role can you give us? I think Krebs, Gergensons, and Oposo could be your shutdown guys. They, they're not going to play 20 minutes a game, but maybe the 13, 14 minutes that they give you are going to be go out for a shift against the other team's top line so that could, we can free up Thompson and Tuck and Skinner. And maybe we can free up Cousins and Paterko. Like, give us that opportunity to play well against top lines. And those three together can do it. If you put Tyson Jost between Gergensons and Oposo, I don't have that faith that you can go against Austin Matthews, let's see, and say, go shut him down for one period while we try to get a better matchup that's going to help us. But if you put Krebs in that middle, I do feel that confident that that can get done. So that's why I, I really feel those three would stick together. Well, as we know, uh, they were an incredibly elite offensive team last year. So my hope is that that trend continues and there's really no reason to think that it wouldn't. Um, but the reason I bring it up is because when you say top six, I, I still feel like we live in a world of top nine. Like if you're going to maintain that place, you got to be able to trust that you're going to get more from just your top two lines. But as we also know, we can sit here and celebrate the offense all we want. Um, the critical component of this off season has been figuring out how to be just a little bit better defensively. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we I was looking at the penalty kill numbers on Krebs and I went back to the end of the season where the team ended with a nine, two and one run over the final 12 games, only to come up just shy. I looked specifically at the penalty kill numbers because, you know, it was really hard for the entire group last year. And really for the last two years, this team ranks, 30th on the penalty kill over the last two years at only about 74%. And Marty, all you have to be, and I know it sounds simple, but if you were 5% better on the penalty kill, if you just went from 74% to 79, you're in the top half of the league. And that is going to make a massive difference. They gave up 61 goals against on the penalty kill last year. There were a number of teams in and around 40 goals against. That's the goal for me. Give up a penalty kill a goal against every other game. You yeah. can live with that. And guess what? In the 12-game stretch to close out the year, they were 9-2-1. and one. They gave up six goals against while on the penalty kill. So there's that defined number. I settled for half, 50 instead of 61. 100%. But here's the, here's the trick. There's nothing else Buffalo couldn't do to get better in this regard in the sense of discipline. They're already one of the most disciplined teams in the league. They take very, very, very few penalties. So you have to find a way to just minimize the damage against. And and maybe they latched onto it. The common sense answer for how did they do it in the last 12 games? Well, they had better goaltending, right? That's what I was saying. Goaltending helps a lot. (laughs) 
So, but I, but I just hope that that's another little window that they're focused. And I know it is. I mean, they're focused on every window, obviously. But um, there's a couple, just a couple of quick, uh, you know, quick notions or quick notes on Peyton Krebs because I know Shadon Goldman is coming up, and we're going to mm -hmm. talk about a lot of different things. Um, maybe a little tennis because it's coming to close here this yeah. weekend with the U.S. Open. But Peyton Krebs, the year uh, before. So two years ago, at 19 hits and 48 games played, he went to 93 hits and 74 games played last year. He was number one on the Sabres forward in hits per game. Only Rasmus Dahlin was at, and Lubushkin were ahead of him. But that is a role. The NHL put Peyton Krebs in his place and say, that's where you're going to be, kid. You know, you want to be that guy, that villain, that, that pain in the neck, that guy that's going to hit, that guy that's going to fight, maybe come to the defense of a teammate or two. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like the NHL sent a postcard to Peyton Krebs and said, that's where you're going to be, right? Mm -hmm. um, his shooting percentage, Peyton Krebs doesn't have a great shooting, uh, a great shot, right? His shot is, is something that we talked about. It looks weak at times. Like, he really has to work on getting it off. It's not like Thompson, the quick wrister, or, or Quinn, or Olofsson. But he gets close to the net. Only Middlestad and Olofsson had inner shot slots worse than, than Peyton Krebs. Like he gets close to the net. And for me, that's important when you look at, you know, Peyton Krebs, maybe not being able to beat a goalie from out far, but get close to the net. 11.5 shooting percentage. That's, that's pretty that's good. That's seventh on the Sabres only. Olafson Thompson, Tuck Cousin Skinner, and Jordan Greenway in a short sample. Take Greenway out, it'd be six. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Like you're going to get opportunities, but that's not, your focus, your focus is possession, uh, dump in recoveries, because I think I was a fort liner. He was third on the Sabres with a 41% recovery on dump ins. Mm -hmm. Only Greenway and Zemkos Gergensons were ahead of him. Like there's a way for Peyton Krebs to find a physical approach to the game, a simple approach to the game, a defensive approach to the game, and then ride that for 15 years. That's yes. going to be your ticket to the NHL. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought up the hitting because again, we talk often about the inconsistencies across the league and awarding the hits, but the eye test would have easily led you down that path, yes. the way Krebs played for the entirety of the season. And, and it will have to continue. It also made me think about some of the other basic numbers that are, you know, can be misleading. But when you talked about block shots and or lack thereof by Paterka earlier in the week, yeah, I stumbled upon those again last night. Paterka was not alone in having low numbers <laughs> when it came to block shots. There are so many guys, and I just think that, you know. Our wingers didn't do a good job at that. They didn't do well. And again, like, there are sometimes reasons for this, right? Like, it's it's a coaching aspect of where you are positionally and stuff. But you, that being said, you can always do a little bit more. And collectively, the forward group can clearly do a little bit more to help in the regard of protecting the goaltenders and minimizing some of those high danger chances, all yes. of which is going to be part of our regular discussion once the regular season begins, whether it's a theme night or not. But we do have a ton of theme nights for you to indulge in, so we encourage you to get to Sabres.com for that. They were unveiled on our social channels this week. Of course, October 12th is the home opener and the season opener. And from that point on, there is absolutely anything and everything you could want over the course of this regular season. So head to Sabres.com now and get your single game tickets. Of course, Amherst single game seats are on sale now as well at Amherst.com. And Shana Goldman from The Athletic is next here on Sabres Live.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.